welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Blub in the Bloom, episode 107. Going to wrap up our starting pitching previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season, talking ADPs about 175 to 400 starting pitchers. We'll cover them all for you, at least the ones that matter. So most of them and much, much more to get you ready for the season. You can find me on Twitter at BDN Trick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? Fantastic, man. This is the like this is the time. Super su- su- Super Bowl is Super Bowl's done. So we got that out of the way. We're gonna wrap up our uh position previews this week. We've got this time next week. I will I'll be drafting yeah, my labor almost team. It'll be done. Yeah, it'll be done. It'll be done. We've got the labor mix live stream next tuesday february my favorite favorite show of the year because i have to do nothing but drink and yeah you you just (laughs) drink high noons and make fun of my picks so best show of the year but then in three weeks and this was officially official today tout wars announced it uh you can't do that because we are in the same tout wars mixed league and we're going to stream that that puppy on march 5th tuesday at 8 p.m eastern live as well as part of the show so that's going to be that's going to be crazy. We've got our auction leagues starting up, so I'm I'm starting prep for my first one, which is February nineteenth. So um, yeah, Monday. man, there's just like all kinds of stuff going on, and it's it would not have it any other way. Yep, it is a glorious time of the year. I'm I'm doing my last draft champions right now with our buddies Ben Tid, Mike Curlin, and others, and that's been fun to see that kind of uh, unfold. I'm looking forward to the auction leagues, like you mentioned. You're going to kick yours off on Monday. That I have one next Friday and the following Monday, and then you have one the following Friday, I think it is. And that'll be our four leagues, which if you missed my tweet about it, thank you all. You filled four up. 56 of you listeners rated and reviewed the show, and you're in one of the draft with me or Ryan. We're each in two. And if you missed it, I announced the overall prize, which is an autographed jersey of a player of your choice, an active player, I said. It'd be really cool if it was a player that was on your winning overall team. So that'd be cool as well. So um, thank you all. It's pretty awesome to have you guys supporting the show. And that's why I wanted to give back to you and uh, hook it up. And in year one, you know, special because it's year one to see where this puppy can go. So it's yep. pretty cool. We're going to we're going to dub you all who joined the leagues, the 56, because there's 60 of us. But we're, we're for the leagues and you guys, you will always be, you know, put it on your uh, your resume, your tombstone, Twitter profile, Twitter profile, you know, whatever. Uh, you'll always be that inaugural class of the 56. Yeah, so pretty cool stuff. Thank you all for doing that. And, and the bright side is if you don't like our leagues or you're getting annoyed by us talking about it, we're done promoting we're done. it. So we're good. We, Thanks to you we, all. We're we done. probably will do like a recap just of our like experience and oh, auction yeah. strategy and stuff like that. We will, probably won't go into our teams because who cares? But I think once we're done with the four leagues, we'll we'll do a little like not a probably not a full episode on it, but just a little action, auction uh I don't know. Debrief. Recap. Recap, like that. Recap. Yeah. That's an yeah. easy word. There you go. So that'll be fun. And uh, we'll get you guys kicking. Like like we said before, previews in this week, labors next Tuesday, pockets of ADP coming up. I'm like yeah. so pumped on that. Right. Like we, we've said it before, but I'm really looking forward to that. It's a uh, really fun stuff here. I've been like writing articles about certain categories where you can find players and stuff. We're going to incorporate that even more with the pockets and really get a feel for things. So, getting pumped for that because I can use all of that knowledge to school Ryan and Tower Wars. It's going to be absolutely Already. amazing on March 5th. And the fact you said I couldn't drink while I draft, challenge accepted. 
challenge <laughs> accepted on that one. <laughs> so you're, you're you're the top words rookie here, at least to this league. In that um, league, like let's not go. You know, too FYI, far, FYI, it is an OBP league. So yes. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that little uh, that nugget. I won't I won't reveal any other league secrets. Yep, yep, yep. But that's gonna your- be fun. I, Towers, um, they tweeted it out. I don't know if the, the tweet is in like draft order. If it is, we're two picks apart. I don't think it's in draft order. I, I hope, hope not. I hope we're a little separated. But if not, whatever. Better. Snipe, snipe city, baby. Snipe yep. city. Um, keep your questions coming in the chat. Uh, aloha to you as well, Kevin Hastings. Thanks for us. He is in the leagues uh, with us and the On the Wire podcast. So go check that out. And then Daniela, we see your question. We will get to that at the end in the questions section. So uh, keep them coming, folks. We appreciate you if you're joining us live on YouTube or X. That is awesome. But let's get crack-a-lacking at it. Again, like we did on the outfield up uh, part three, we'll do them in pockets of five. We'll hit on our most, like our favorite one in the group or give maybe a couple little snippets on people we like. We'll breeze through this. We got about, I think it's, was there 60 on this page or 30 on this page? About 60 we're going to go through for you guys before we get to listener questions. So should be a fun one. Brian, let's kick it off. ADP 175 through 194. You got Brian Wu, Braxton Garrett, Bryce Miller, Christian Javier, Ryan Pepio. Who you like in here? Uh, gotta go, gotta go Seattle, man. Yep. When in doubt, go with the Mariners rotation. I'm going to go Brian Wu out of this group. Um, Wu is actually one of the few like in this tier. And actually I'll, I'll, I'll kind of a little bit go off on a, on a, just a general strategy thing, just for me, uh, what we, what we've got on the board for the YouTube crowd, for the live stream, we've got like pictures, what 45 through 60 on the left side and then 60 through 75 on the right side. I, there's a lot more pictures I like on the right side on 60 through 75. And, and as we'll see, as we go through this kind of first group, these first sets of groups, there are not many pitchers that I personally am that high on. And so what does that mean, at least for me and for just from like a, not really me, but just when you guys are, are preparing for your drafts, it's good. It's valuable information to know that. So like, I know that if there's not, if there's a bunch of pitchers that I'm not really that high on in this group, I'm going to look over on the hitting side and probably target a Michael Garcia, Starling Marte. We've talked about Brandon Drury, who we've talked about bats going in this range Stock up there. Also stock up on pitchers before this group. In the last episode, there were a bunch of guys that we were high on. Um, so it's just like an example of taking not only just player by player by player and analyzing that, but taking that kind of macro view and saying, okay, this is a spot in the draft where I like or don't like certain positions or whatever. Um, you guys may like a bunch of pitchers in this group, and your strategy may be different, but that's kind of what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm thinking so far, at least in. Uh, at least for straight drafts. So um, to go back to your actual question, uh, big fan of Brian Wu. I, I, he pops. So, so earlier today I put a bloom board out that looks at like the three different types of strikes. Um, we had an episode about this sometime last year, but there's like the, the golden, the golden goose, the swinging strike. And then there's called plus swinging CSW. And then there's just strikes. Um, and so I did a board. There's like 23, 24 pitchers that are above average in all three. And Brian Wu is, is, is one of those guys um, going at an ADP of, of 177. So um, I like the fact that he can get whiffs, that he can throw strikes. Uh, kind of alluded to this. We had a listener question last week of like, tell us something wrong with Brian Wu. <laughs> um, and I said, well, well, lefties hit him kind of hard. I dug into it a little bit more and Wu 
started throwing a cutter late in the season against lefties, threw it over 20% of the time in August and September and had a lot more success with that cutter going against lefties. So it's just an example, like tiny sample, but it's just an example of of Brian Wu adjusting and improving and probably, you know, Seattle's organization giving him that tip off to, Hey, try this cutter more against lefties. So um, I think the last thing I'll say about Brian Wu as I've been talking for like five minutes is uh, the health. That's probably the biggest downside with Wu, like had 132 innings last year. Can he get up to like 150, 160? I think that's reasonable. And again, in this uh, starting pitcher environment, I don't think that's that far off from your more uh, volume guys. So Brian Wu's the pick for me here. Yep. Love Brian Wu. That's totally one I could have gone with. So I won't say anything else that except I uh, hashtag support that as well. So go, go with uh, the Brian Wu. I will mention though that I do like, Braxton Garrett and Bryce Miller here as well. Like this is a range that I don't mind uh, dipping my toes in. Um, I know we're not doing underdog per se, but even Brendan Tuma tweeted out like a screenshot the other day. Like Wu and Miller and Garrett, they go so late in drafts. If you need like one of your last few pitchers in your your dingers and stuff, these are great ones in my opinion. Because you mentioned Wu, he should get 150 to 160. I wouldn't be shocked. Bryce Miller's in a similar boat. We saw 131 with him. If you throw his double A innings in there, he threw about 150 innings last year. Like he's yep. stretched out. He's good to go, which is harder to find, obviously, as you go deeper into drafts. So uh, I, I love these guys. Bryce Miller, obviously, if you follow anything on Twitter, working on that splitter, he shows videos of it all the time. That could still be a you know iffy thing trying to incorporate a splitter, splitter. But you've mentioned it with George Kirby and other things in Seattle. Like if that's something that comes into fruition. That's tremendous with Bryce Miller, and it could help him take the next step because his first half, second half, a lot more, you know, higher ERA. Things weren't like as dominant in the second half for Bryce Miller, but that just means maybe, maybe it's you know the young kid getting deeper into into the season. A lot of things can be taken into place that I'm not ready to give up on a talent like Bryce Miller just yet. So I think there's definitely something there. And then Braxton Garrett, you you set the you know the highest pick on him last year, so this is kind of one of your boys. But awesome season, we saw him pitch really really, really well. He had this like blister issue and kind of didn't really uh, – he struggled for like a month, it felt like, but then got healthy again, finished the year strong, loved Braxton Garrett through a ton of innings. Uh, he could maybe take a Lizardo bounce potentially, not maybe not to that level, but there's the skill sets there with Braxton Garrett. And one thing we've talked about a lot, at least I know I have, I love guys that can strike guys out. Braxton Garrett can do that. The projections he have for 153 and 157 innings pitched. Um, when, when you look at Garrett this past year – he had uh, 156 strikeouts in 159 innings, and he had a, a you know 23.7% K rate, 19.3% K to walk. Those are things we like to see, Mr. Bloomfield. So uh, Braxton Garrett's a dude I like as well. Also like to see Garrett's uh, forecaster upside of a 315 ERA, 200 Ks. It's all about the stamina. Will he fall? Will he really break? Will he break apart again in the second half next year? But uh, tons of talent. Yep, for sure. All right, the next grouping here from ADP 196 to 203, Shane Boz, you Darvish, Shoto, Imanaga, Aaron Savali, and Eduardo Rodriguez. Another kind of interesting range, depending on what you're looking for on draft day, I'd say. So uh, what do you like here? Yeah, this is one. This is so uh, what I was kind of going at before. I'm just – I'm not feeling really any of these five guys. Um, but it is interesting in that, like, you've got, I think, a quote unquote safer option in Erod, like a pretty high floor guy, but probably not the highest ceiling. You've got Darvish. You want to talk yeah. about floor and ceiling. Yep. Um, but you Darvish is entering his age 37 season. You've got Shane Boz, who report came out today 
Uh, I forget which Tampa Bay beat writer um, said it, but Tampa is going to slow play Boz in the beginning of the season. So I can't, really especially in a 15 team. Either, to anybody. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, given the injuries, like that should not be a surprise, but it, it was good to see that confirmed. And so like, if you're drafting Boz, you're, it's almost like drafting and then holding on, wasting a roster spot on an injured guy at the beginning of the year. And that to me, isn't very ideal. Um, so I don't know. None of these guys, honestly, none of these. I talked a little bit about Savali last week. That combination of low Ks and low innings like doesn't excite me all that much. I think if I had to pick one, I'd go Erod just to get some innings. Um, but I don't know who who am I missing? Like way off on any of these guys? Or I've always been Team Erod. It's can the whip stay in place for you? But a, you're not paying a premium for him right here, which I'm a fan of. And b, we saw the whip actually pitch pretty well last year. We saw a pretty solid whip year for Erod because in the past, Toby would make fun of me like you just pencil in like 1.2, 1.25. That was Erod in a nutshell every start. And we every Monday night we record, he'd laugh at me because that was his whip almost every single week. Um, we saw improvements on that this last year, so we'll see how he does in Arizona. But I have zero problems with Erod. Lots of shares throughout different formats already of him. Uh, people will point to Savali because we saw huge improvements when he went to like the pitch mix changes in Tampa Bay. I just wonder, can the strikeouts come with Savali? Because he feels like he's more of a kind of just floor dude that doesn't have a ceiling with him, and that's what's tricky about Savali. Um, Shota Shota Monica is the interesting one. First, I thought his ADP be higher just because of name value, hype train, all that stuff. Thought it would be higher. Um, electric in the WBC. We have a listener question on him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious about Amonaga. The one question I have for you, Bloomfield, you mentioned you Darvish. And, yes, we saw 136 innings last year out of him because he battled injuries. But he still threw 24 starts, still you know went deep into games when he pitched. Like He usually gave you five, six, seven innings. Um, and the strikeouts were there. So, yeah, the ratios are a little higher than the person I'm going to mention, but what's the difference? And I know you're not really in on this guy anyways, but what's the difference in Justin Verlander and you Darvish? And you can get Darvish a lot later. Um, Darvish strikes out more too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a fair comparison. I think, I, I think I'm think i probably out on both, but I think I'd take Darvish at the price. Yeah, so would I. That's kind of where I'm at on that one. Pains yeah. me. Pains me to uh, accept your Aaron Savali's. Slam slander, but uh, not really slander as much as I want to like legend. I want to kind of just bring people back a little bit on him. Like, I think he's really good, but between just there's a hype tree on him, you know, the whole he went on Pollock's show and it was a really cool thing, and all these like there's people are really in on what they saw in that turn to Tampa Bay, and it was good, it was very good. Don't get me wrong, but that's something we can expect Savali to sustain a full season. That's tough, but you know, people said the same about Zach Eflin last year, and he did. So anything's possible, but I think Zach Eflin's a much better pitcher than Savali also. So pick your poisons there. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see a 25% strikeout rate. I don't see a league average swinging strike rate, and I don't see a single season in the last five years exactly. for Savali with over 140 innings. So it's just like... Exactly. That's the tricky yeah. part. So, yeah. like, I like Savali, I think, before the hype train kicked in when we were doing, like, really early drafts, Ryan. I feel like he was more like 250 farther down. That was fun. That was something we could work with. Now you're getting up to this 200 range, like we have Erod and company. A little trickier, to say the least. Yep. All right, next pocket here we have from 209 to 235. Your boy, Nathan, not Nate. Former, former boy. Come on, he's in the Savali crowd. It's funny, these guys are right two picks apart because they're both like, they're both in the, they both have rafters in the Bloom Dome. Yeah, it's true. Yes, they but, do. Uh, but not for this year. But anyway, continue. My bad. Yeah. 
Oh, Brandon fought Lucas Gilito, Brian Bayo, and Reed Detmers. This is another pocket of like former boys right here. This is a, <laughs> this is like there's some of your one. boys in here. This is a tough one for me. And this, that God, this is gonna be like pull from the heartstrings here in a minute. So I'll let you go first. No, it's tough. Like, you know, if all these gonna break down the second half, it just happens. Uh, the injuries catch up to him. This is what happened last year with, with Evaldi. So you could make the case that at pick 209, you get what you came from him in the first half. Cause he, I mean, the postseason looked really good. Velocity was, was, was looking good. Um, so you can make that case. Um, everyone else in this tier projected for north of a 425 ERA, most of them north of a 130 whip. Like, not that great. Um, I would go Brandon Fott, but I think everyone is probably going to say Brandon Fott. You may say Brian Bayo uh, in addition, just knowing you. But um, of this group, I would, I would, I would gamble on Fott. But I'm again not high on really any of these five. Which to go back to what I said at the top, it's good to know that because I'm going to be targeting bats here. I, I just if I had to pick one, I'd pick Fott for the for the ceiling and some of the pitch mix changes. What we saw from Fott. Um, not just in the postseason, but uh, when he came back from AAA the last time looked really good. Um, but uh, I, I'm not like super enthused. And these are still picks where you need production. This is not that late in the draft, 211. So, yeah, I, it's hard to disagree with anything you've said there. But again, um, I'm taking the, the gamble on Fought this year. Yeah. Just because like the improvements we saw, he's got that, what everyone loves to hear, prospect pedigree, everybody loves. Um, there's some very, very smart people in the prospect game that kept saying, keep taking your chance on him. He's very good. He's very good. And he finally started clicking late in the season into the postseason through over 150 innings. That's something as you get later in these drafts, guys that throw innings is very hard. It's getting harder and harder to find basically. So fought is stretched out. He's young and that gives him the ability to obviously take another step is what I'm kind of hoping for. Another reason why I like Brian Bayo, so, yeah. same thing. Like we saw the ups and downs with Bayo. He still threw over 160 innings last year between the minors and the bigs. Um, strikeout rates more to be more desirable. Fought's more of a strikeout guy than Brian Bayo. So you got that going for you. I like them both. Lastly, I will mention the guy that brings brings everybody in is Reed Detmers. We saw those improvements, but then we like it's it's a roller coaster. I think he's I guess perfect. He's right next to Lucas Giolito. Like I guess like a great comp between the two because we saw both of those guys. With the strikeout ability, like Lucas is even projected for 175 strikeouts. That's a lot as we get deeper into here. That's a big bump. But Detmers, we saw some just elite pitching towards the end of the season that is tempting. But it's the very, very volatile range right here. Yeah, I uh, and maybe I'm not looking month to month with Detmers, but I'll push back a little on how he finished. He finished pretty bad. Dude. The last few starts were rough, like horrifically rough. First to second half for Detmers last year, the K rate dropped eight points from 30, which is great, down to 22, which is average. Uh, velocity was down a full tick. Swinging strike rate dropped three points from like 14 to 11, which is below average. Like, not a lot. And I, I repeat myself a lot, but like, not a lot. Of, I'm big on finishing, finishing strong or finishing not strong. And Detmers was certainly in that not strong category. I will say the best skill. The best individual skill of anyone in this group, of Aldi, Fott, Giolito, Bayo, and Detmers, is Brian Bayo's ground ball rate. Like that guy can get some ground balls, 56% last year. Um, I kind of see some like Framber Valdez Marcus there, especially Stroman. if he keeps and Stroman, like That's he keeps he developing that change up. I think there's some strikeout upside too. So like Bayo's 
not a bad pick here either. But yeah, Bale's got that if he can just get some more strikeouts, which I was hoping for last year. But the way they brought him back, and he's one of those that came on a bloom board. If you erased that first BS start on um, Marathon Day, Patriot Day, he had yeah, a heck of a I remember season. that one. Good like, they, lord, I was so pissed when they brought him back. Cause I had so many Brian Bale shares, and that just crippled him out the gate. Um, I do want to say another thing about Fought for anybody that uh, may be kind of curious on him still. You want to look, you, you're talking month to month with Detmers, man. If people want to look month to month with Fought, he ended with a 24% K to walk in September and October, 3.7 XFIP in September and October. Like the boy just, it just bloomed for him in a big, big way. And there's context behind that because it was, and I alluded to this earlier, but there was the kind of up and down with AAA, but there was some legitimate changes that Fott yes. made to kind of drive. It wasn't just month to month variance. I think uh, I think you can caught people can get caught up in month to month variance, um, but especially with pitchers, if there's a change, like I, uh, I don't know, I waited a little more heavier. I, I I honestly think Fought moves up quite a bit come main event season. Yep, I, I think I think he's the one that takes a jump. So enjoy it now, folks. All right, two thirty-seven to two forty-eight. We got Chucky Charlie Morton, your boy, Christopher Dude. Sanchez. Rest of the pod on Christopher Sanchez. Yes. Let's do it. You say Kikuchi, Tristan McKenzie, Nick Lodolo. I'll say this much before Ryan waxes poetically about his guy. Uh, I, I messaged him saying I'm sorry. Um, you're going to start paying for him now because on the recent episode of The Craft with Nick Pollock and Eno Saras, they spent a large section talking Christopher Sanchez and how much they liked him. So you were on him before, at least I heard you before them. I'm not going to say who was first because I don't know, but I'm saying you, and now it's going to cost a little more. These damn famous pitching analysts finding these gems. Um, I don't know, dude. Like Honestly, a lot of people like Christopher Sanchez. A lot of people don't. But the price has stayed pretty cheap. The 238 ADP. So, like, Sanchez is my pick here. Um, I have another really, uh, like, Nick Lodolo a lot. So maybe we can talk about him for a little bit. But uh, Christopher Sanchez, like, you look at the Rs. You look at what he did last year. 4% walk rate. And, again, I, I look at to, to, to kind of justify or validate that walk rate, I look at underlying the ball percentage. League average on that is 36%. Christopher Sanchez was at 33%, which is really, really good and reinforces maybe not a 4% walk rate. Like that's, that's, uh, that's really good and hard to sustain over time. Uh, but the control looks really good uh, for Christopher Sanchez. Gets a ton of ground balls. I just mentioned Brian Bayo's 56% ground ball rate. Sanchez is at 57. And he gets ground balls with every single pitch. Those sinker chi- change-up slider, all over 50% ground ball rate. The change-up, which Christopher Sanchez threw more and more and that's probably the biggest reason i like him the changeup usage ticked up pretty much every month for sanchez last season uh was by far his best pitch 23 percent swinging strike just elite and a 71 percent ground ball rate like that's one of the that's one of the better pitches in baseball it's one of the better pitches in baseball and sanchez threw it 33 percent of the time last year so um for all of those reasons I, i i'm big on christopher sanchez the the to kind of both sides this thing um the biggest cons to him are the track record sucks like look at christopher sanchez's minor league numbers not great and the schedule kind of sucked in the second half so you could make the argument he did this against uh bad teams but these are still major league hitters man um i christopher sanchez is my favorite starting pitcher pick 
in 2024 draft pool. And Tariq Skubal did it against bad teams too, and no one seems to care, so you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Halterman says 100, 110% in on Sanchez's skills, but every free agent starter gets linked with Philly. This is true. But the goal is with every free agent starter linked, it means Taiwan Walker is leaving town. That's usually the plan there, hopefully. So we'll see. Hopefully. I, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if Sanchez got booted um, from the rotation. Uncle, Uncle Ted has a question for you. Sanchez being so accurate, yet his whip being high is scary. Yeah, that smells like a very high Babbitt, but no. He had a 105 whip last year. Uncle Ted, what are we looking at? Well, he's got a Unabomber avatar, so you never know with Uncle Ted. Um, For me, if it's not Christopher Sanchez, I'm just going to say most of this range I really don't want to begin with. What? But if I do, it's uh, I'm going to take a chance on the old man, Charlie Morton. It's like old, reliable ratios you just know what you're going to get he's going to throw you five or six innings give up three or four runs and get you at least a k per inning that's what he does so if your ratios are okay then this is a guy you want 163 or more innings in three straight years it's worn down about 10 innings a year since he's gotten older so maybe 150 which is still pretty good in this range last year at a 364 era which is pretty solid but it's the strikeouts we talked about 183 last year 205 216 in the last three seasons um that's elite that is absolutely outstanding uh, at least at least elite when it comes to an ADP over 200. Let's put it that way. So I love Charlie Morton for that regard, but um, as a whole, pretty much not uh, not in this range for me. Uh, that's that's a shame, man. This range is this range is legit. All right, Nick Liddell. I know we're only supposed to pick one, but I got I got to do <laughs> my other boy. Liddell, man. I I, have, I don't think I've left the draft this year, and I've done like uh, more than I'd like to admit. Not quite at your level, but. Um, no, I wrote down how many I was in for a podcast tomorrow, and uh, yeah, you're not at that level. No, we're no double digits, be. aren't we? Oh, we're at 15, my friend. Good, 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 good. Um, <laughs> curse word usually follows that, but we'll yeah. keep it clean. Uh, Nick Lodolo, like I just, I think the marketplace is like dinging him way too hard for 34 innings last year of bad surface stats. The actual underlying skills for Lodolo were even better. He had more missed bats. He threw more strikes, fewer walks, uh, just got destroyed, destroyed by homers and and Babbitt. And yes, you can say like Great American Small Park, this and that. It's not going to be a 27 homer to fly, 27% homer to fly. That is that is absurd. Um, Nick Lodolo, yes, I'll, I there is. I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even say injury risk. There's more like workload risk. He's only got 134 innings over the last two seasons. Combined. That was my question for you. Like, what would you say he That's, goes to make it worth it for you? But, but honestly, man, like, so if he goes, what's he projected for? What do we have on the thing? 111. 111. I say he goes 130. I don't think that's out of the question at so all. You think he gets a hundred hundred inning bump from last year? Yeah, I do. Because it wasn't an arm injury, it was a leg injury, and I, I get it, injury is an injury, but uh, through 100 the year before, like, I, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's reasonable to expect. The biggest thing with the Dota, I think those innings are going to be high quality, though. So say it's only, say it's only 100 innings, you get 100 quality innings out of your pick 250, it's a lot better than trying to get some of these guys even later that just nuke your ratios. So, um, I, 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 I like Sanchez more than Lodolo, but I I really like Lodolo. And Gialdi says in the chat, Russia Resource has Lodolo in AAA to start the year. 
Cool. Hey, that's that's good. That will only make him cheaper. <laughs> All right, uh, two fifty one to two sixty one. We got Kenta Maeda, Taj Bradley, Nestor Cortez, Cutter Crawford, and Seth Lugo. You like this side of the board, Bloom? So who we got this time? I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Cutter Crawford. That's the one. That's the one for sure. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go back to these metrics all the time, but thirty four percent ball rate for Cutter Crawford again. League average on that thirty six percent. He throws strikes, misses a ton of bats, fourteen percent swinging strike last year. Um, the big thing too, it's all fastball base. It's a four seamer and a cutter that misses a ton of bats, and he can do it against lefties and righties. Um, so I think there's like a decent floor, but then. Cutter Crawford introduced a sweeper last year. Only threw like 7% of the time, but it got a ton, a ton of whiffs. That's what Cutter Crawford has been lacking is kind of that put away secondary pitch. I think the sweeper can evolve into that. We saw Nick Pavetta on the same staff, what he could do with that pitch last year. So that's why I think like there's an even even higher level for Cutter Crawford here uh, with a floor that like I think feel is pretty safe like i think crawford is pretty entrenched in that rotation and i like guys who can miss bats with their fastball just everything works off of that so uh, i'm at a 260 adp uh, big fan of uh of cutter yeah i love cutter i think that's that would be my pick here i will throw uh if you want to talk about maybe a bounce back and nestor cortez is kind of interesting Mm -hmm. just because looking at like he was injured off and on last year so some of his stats may look a little Wonky, obviously the four nine seven ERA. He does have a three seven one xERA, a four three four Sierra, so a little better than that. But the kind of things that stand out to me: the one five six home run to nine, like blew up last year. He had a two ninety one BABIP after two thirty two and two sixty five, like that was massive. And a left on base rate of only sixty nine percent after back to back years in the eighties. Like this normal regression would have him coming back to a much better ratio guy. And the thing I really like to see: strikeouts were still there. 25.2% K rate after 26.5, 27.5. So at a 17.7% K to walk, um, which uh, was a little worse than back-to-back 20-plus percent K to walk seasons. So he's not that far off what I'm trying to say from kind of returning at least closer to what we were used to with Nestor. His fly ball raise, rose to 57%, so that obviously helped with the the home run boost. If that kind of regret – like he just has a bunch of things that stood out that were not normal from years past that, you know, battling a back injury, maybe he was leaving the ball higher in the zone. There's a lot of things that could be taking place that he was a guy we were drafting a lot earlier in the past because he put up back-to-back really good seasons. So if you want to look at a potential bounce-back guy, like we talked about Jose Barrios last year, not saying he's going to make that kind of jump, Nestor wouldn't surprise me. So I will I will mention Nestor Cortez right there. Uh, final honorable mention to Kenta Maeda. Uh, similar to Lodolo, like there's, there's volume issues there, but the per-inning – with Maeda, even though he had a 4.23 ERA last year, uh, that that he he's good, he's good. I don't, and I feel like Detroit will let him go five while yeah, he's healthy. That's so that's the question. Hope. Like he is very good. It's just what do we get out of him is the million dollar question. With yeah. Maeda, and it, so. even that, like Detroit's bullpen might be so, pretty yeah. pretty awful this year. So if if Maeda Keep fives and dives, wins. like those boys. <laughs> There'll be some runs left in the six, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, not looking good. If you're gonna, if you're a gambling man, play Detroit first fives on my eight of days. That's what I'd recommend. Yeah, um, yeah. The last set on this grouping here, ADP 263 to 276. You got Emmett Sheehan, John Means, Kyle Harrison, Marcus Stroman, Griffin Canning. Who do you got here? I uh, got to go Canning. 
Canning showed up on my page. on my three types of strikes bloom board earlier today. Getting uh, I feel like getting a lot of hype, but apparently not because 276 ADP is uh is damn cheap. So you're 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 hoping that the health I mean the health is the question for Griffin Canning. 63 innings in 2021, didn't even pitch in 22, but then at 130 innings. That goes back to your Nick Lodolo comment, man. We had a 130 inning increase from Griffin Canning last year. Canning can do it. Lodolo can do it. Um I I I understand like yeah, you're taking some volume risk, but age 28 Griffin Canning is uh he checks all the boxes for me. Yep, uh, big in-game target for me in Fab Leagues. This is obviously DC ADP, but I like taking a chance on a Griffin Canning late because if he pans out, that's a heck of a pick. If not, he's an easy drop. Like He's one of those guys I'm I'm a fan of late in drafts, so I'm with you there. Um, I will just mention, I guess you can call me Homer if you want, if you're a risky drafter, Kyle Harrison's interesting just because we saw some really good starts, we saw some rough starts, kind of what I'd expect from a young pitcher. The control overall improved as the season went on. That was a big thing for me. And there's a ton of discussion and hype coming out of Giants camp. And it should be. They should be trying to hype him up. I get it. It's all talk right now. We're going to hear a lot of that going forward. So you guys can say whatever you want about me. That's fine. But the skills are there for elite strikeout stuff. It's just a matter of what else can go with it. So if you're a risk, if a drafter likes to take some upside risk, like honestly, I will agree with you that Ladil is a better pitcher. I wouldn't be surprised if their stat lines are far off. Okay. I like it. I think that's an interesting one. So that's a, an intriguing option there. Hey, congrats Couple... on uh, Soler, by the way. Should have mentioned that at the top. So, but that um, was, so, uh... Never thought I'd be so excited for three years, $42 million on anybody. But being the Giants off seasons the way they are, pumped on that one. Yep, yep. A, a legit guy that can hit 30 home runs in our lineup. Hasn't been a, it's been a long time, long time since that's happened. So pretty happy about that. A lot of three to two Giants losses coming up because two run homer by Soler. A um, couple messages here in the chat. THP Knob says, Bryce Miller, you Darvish, Reed Detmers, and maybe Taj Bradley in terms of the names I probably enjoy the most on ADP here. Almost also mentions e, uh, Emmett Sheehan. Eric Halterman it says, almost nobody projects for high pitch in this range anyways. That is true. Very true. And it that, gets worse. That actually, that, so that, I have a question. That's a really good observation by Eric. Um, there are kind of random, random guys like Marcus Stroman, um giolito i would say is a volume guy like how do you about erod although i guess erod's not totally volume but how how do you like in terms of just the type of pitcher do you try and balance some of these like injury workload but high skills versus because there's value in these volume guys that don't quite have the skills to be able to get 180 innings of like okay ratios that that's actually like useful uh for me it's a tough balance it's a very tough balance. Like in reality, I'm looking for guys that can go at least 150. So we talked about the the Mariners boys. We're talking about fought. Like even Charlie Morton fits that mold. Like that's kind of what I'm thinking. But to your point, like in this range, maybe we should be saying 130 is good. I guess that could be yeah. fair. And in that regard, I just want a guy with high strikeout upside and then see where we can go from there. Like because all of these guys are going to have very volatile ratios. Some of them will out, like over like, like succeed in this range. A lot of these guys are going to blow up. That's just the way it is. That's why they're being down here. So they're going to be dropped anyways in reality of the situation. So it depends, I guess, on your risk reward. Like in a 12-team league, that's why look, all those fun there. Uh, Kyle Harrison's fun yeah, in 12 yeah. teams. Like those are the kind of guys you look at. First sign of a problem, 
they're gone. There's replacement value to be had. I guess in a 15, that's where I, I love like a Charlie Morton. That's where it's that. That's the point I was going to make. In a 15, the replacement yeah. level for starting pitching is just is just that, so bad that like yeah. I've had so many Charlie Mortons. You know that four two ERA, like one two WHIP, but a million strikeouts. Like that's awesome. And it, and it's better than whoever you try and stream off Fab that yes. week. Because yeah, you basically take the hit at uh, your ratios here. You just don't want a guy that's going to completely take you out behind the woodshed. Yep. And you just hope that you drafted like that's part of your early drafting. Like you need to. That's why you get an ace or two early that's just kind of how the system works because you know it breaks down the farther down the pipeline we go so yep. it's kind of part, part of part of putting the puzzle together that is a draft all right adp 284 to 291 they're starting to get clumped together a little more folks as we get down the draft board here you got michael waka mckenzie gore reese olsen chris paddock man he's back <sighs> And Andrew Abbott, a lot of red on this board, folks, but Ryan loves this board. So um, who, who do you like on this, this section? <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I like, uh, oh, you like, I one like the last on 15. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, this sorry. is this is starting to get sketchy, man. This yeah. is starting to get, uh, like you said, a lot of red. This is where uh, – but this is important to dive into. I mean, this is where hitting on – I listened to – um, Real quick, let me, let me comment on something before I forget it. Gialdi does say it's hard to start high ratio guys week in week out just for K's. Oh, I'm not start, starting them week out and week out. I'm taking chances on draft day, knowing they can get high K's and hoping they can figure their stuff out. Basically, that's where that comes into play for me. Um, listen to the the RotoWire podcast this week with James Anderson and Phil Dassault, and and we were talking about like the advantage of um of drafting Ronald Acuna, like the built in advantage of getting the first pick, and and Phil made the as he always does the uh analytics based take that hitting on in last year was like a Justin Steele um those types of guys in this range hitting on one of these guys is just as important gives you this you know same type of advantage as Ronald Acuña um taking him first at the draft price so yes there's a ton of red but I'm telling you man by the end of the year oh, yeah. there's going to be three or four guys on this list that you're like damn that helped me win a league so no doubt about it no um, doubt about it who are they hell i don't know but i guess it's as good as mine <laughs> but they're out there we're just podcasters we don't we don't know um did you already rattle off the first five yeah you yep. said waka, yeah waka gore, gore olsen paddock abbott good luck yeah definitely not abbott i i guess i'd go mckenzie gore um just because ugh. He showed some gains last year. Like if you really dig into him, he do, he showed some big improvements. At least, at least what I saw. That at least gives you optimism. Let's put it that way. Started out hot with yeah, near thirty percent K rate in the first half. Like the controls an issue, but the 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 ball percentage for Gore says that like a ten percent walk rate. Your league average on that's eight percent. Um, could improve a little bit. Problem with Gore and tons of whiffs. Like I, I get it. Um, he just breaks down just breaks down you need to see that full season he did go 136 innings last year but the second half was brutal so um i don't know i'll i'll go gore uh chris paddock's very interesting to me too he but i'll let very, you he's i'll let you go i wasn't going to talk about paddock but but i'll say about gore he's went from 70 innings to 136 i'll take that he's and he's 24 he'll be 25 this year um again this this whole area is about risk reward like like how red it is like you mentioned there's like four guys that'll probably come out of the woodworks 
Gore's on a bad team, which doesn't help, but strikeout wise, like this is a big dude. So if he can get the whisk, continue that, increase the walk rate, like make that better, there's at least an avenue for McKenzie Gore to to find success where walk is going to do walk of things, but he's never going to strike anybody out. So that's boring to me at this point in time. He's probably good in 15s, honestly, just because he'll like hang around for you, but don't go through that stress. You can pick him up on the waiver wire four different times throughout the year. Um, but yeah, it's the one guy that I've been quasi interested in is Andrew Abbott. Oh, um, okay. So, cause he's the one I'm out on, on this group. So what's, and it's uh, only, what's and again, I guess could be a flaw of mine and people probably hate hearing it by now, but this is a dude that we saw, um, like wasn't a massive master strikeout guy, but we saw big strikeout games. But what I liked the most about Andrew Abbott, and it could have been the Joy Luck Club, you know, three eight seven ERA, but a four five six X FIP, obviously pretty lucky. Um, that that's not ideal, but a three nine six X CRA isn't bad. Four through three Sierra, not horrible for this range. He did fine at home, which we don't see many people do in Great American Small Park. We like we pointed so many guys. He had a three five one home ERA, a four two nine road ERA. In 59 innings at home, 50 innings on the road. That just stood out like, wow. 11 homers on at home, five on the road. Um, so he kind of at least limited the damage there. But we saw like the Woba was like just so much better at home, which was a big surprise in Great American Small Park. So Andrew Abbott is a guy that I think is at least interesting to me. He was like one of the big prospect arms. Again, I'm not in love with this whole page, basically. Yeah, I think I think you're rolling the dice, uh, <laughs> expecting that home success for Andrew. But Abbott even if it comes back to where the road was, but the road improves, like like I'm saying, like there's an avenue to something here where you don't really have it with some of these other. Like Reese Olson, he was a great story, but he pitches to so much contact and walks so many. It's like terrifying yeah. with Reese Olson. Uh, like uh-huh. Gore's the dude in this whole range. Gore's the dude. I think so too. I think I think. Gore has the highest ceilings. So that's why I I think Paddock's like he's just interesting to me, but more for more because of Minnesota. Like they just know what they're doing with pitchers, and I know like we we say that about the Dodgers, and they've had several flubs uh, recently. Um, I know with Paddock, like he's only thrown forty innings the last two years with Tommy John, uh, but by by all reports, like no one's really seen him pitch. <laughs> Uh, but the velocity is, has been way up. And again, I just trust Minnesota. So like fully knowing Chris Paddock could get hurt through 30 innings and do nothing. You just drop them. Um, there's at least a ceiling there. That's I think well above Waka Olsen or Abbott. Yep. Daniela Cologne says Michael Waka made an incredible performance and Abbott should put better numbers. That should be a goal. And then Eric Halterman again, scary low ground ball percentage for Abbott, but he didn't have one in the minors. That is true. And that's not good in great American small park, obviously. So we'll see how that plays out long-term your next pocket here. ADP 292 to 313. You got Edward Cabrera, Luis Severino, Lance Lynn, John Gray, Jamison Tyon. Let me guess Lance Lynn. No. What? <laughs> That was like sarcasm for you. All right, good, good. I had my I had my screen on another tab, so I didn't see you, but uh, that freaked me out. No, I'm not doing Lance Lynn. Um, John Gray, John Gray is the easy yeah. call for me, Pretty and I know you can kind of rinse repeat. Like John Gray is really like <laughs> I don't want to say never been good. He had he had a good 2022. Um, he's burned more than more than he's helped throughout his career. Uh, but I just, I just, I love these skills for John Gray. John Gray was on that trifecta of the three types of strikes uh, tweet that I put out earlier today. And to be on that list at a 308 ADP is like, I think he's 
way too cheap. And there's not really that much. Like he threw Gray through 157 innings last year. Like he finished in the bullpen, which probably scared people off, but that shouldn't matter. Like they need him to start until half their rotation comes back at the All Star break. Yep. And so like, and he should get plenty of run support there. Like, and it's easy to say like, oh, John Gray, you know, the skills have never kind of jied with the results. But all but two of his seasons have been in cores. Like. I don't know. With Texas, he's he has like a four oh eight ERA over two seasons. Like that's it's not bad. Plus, you get you get a good chunk of K's. I think the K rate that John Gray had last year is gonna go up. So um I I really like John Gray here. I think he's he stands out well above Lance Lynn, which isn't saying much. I don't know how he's going after Lance Lynn in drafts. That's crazy to me. Lance Lynn's fun, that's why we love the big man. But um Two quick points. Edward Cabrera, if he could ever stop walking the farm, is far and away the guy here. Like, just talent-wise, far and away the guy here, in my opinion. It's just a matter of can he stop walking the farm. So, you can kind of take – he's probably worth the gamble, honestly, in a 12. But this late in the draft, very intriguing at this point in the draft. Um, 15 teamers, just draft Jamison Tyon if you want a boring, consistent stat line. Otherwise, just leave him on the waiver wire because – he will, and he finished actually much stronger than his overall yes. stat line points to. Jameson Time finished very strong. It's just a boring stat line. That's what it is, but it's like a little less than a K per nine. Ratios are usually pretty solid with Tyon. That's what he's going to get you. And that plays awesome in 15s. In 12s, leaves a little more meat on the bone for what you need. So something to consider there. And, and something I'm glad you bring Tyon up. And again, yeah, especially in like your deeper, your 15 team league. I think those are innings that you can count on. Um, you mentioned he got better. Tyon did throughout the season. He was one of the higher strikeout minus walk gainers over the last two months yep. of the season. And again, I kind of broken record, but this is my process. And there was a pitch mix change yep. to, uh, to support that Tyon through fewer sinkers, more cutters basically. So um, I just think, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of just a guy, but getting just a guy back here is a lot better than trying to stream yep. in your, uh, in your deeper league. So yeah, your deeper call. leagues to like tie on quite a bit, like even well, we won't get into it. If you're playing in an auction league, just throw it out there. Tie on could be interesting. Um, the next pocket here. I actually like a couple of these guys, uh, three sixteen to three thirty seven. You got Sean Mania, Louis Varlin, Frankie Montas, Dean Kramer, Chase Silseth. Who do you like here, Ryan? Silseth and Varlin. That's good too. So Seth and Varland. Uh, Varland, I don't know. So there's risk he doesn't start in the rotation. I think he's tabbed as Minnesota's fifth For now starter is, at the moment. Um, so there is that. Uh, Chase Silseth, I, I, I get there's some like some burnout risk there. Like he's 24, hasn't thrown more than 112 professional innings in a season. Uh, but from like a pure stuff, and if you're just shooting for the moon, um, at that age with the strikeout skills that Chase Silseth has, I think Chase Silseth is a, is a fantastic dart throw. Uh, growth stock flyer is what we ended uh, Silseth's box in with the forecaster. So I like Silseth quite a bit too. Yep. I like both of those quite a bit in this range. Kramer's boring, but another 15 guy, if you need him, like he, he, he puts innings out there. Tyon's better, but Kramer's a 15 dude for me. I think Sean is interesting. And that takes a lot. Ah, you're coming say. around. You're yeah. coming around. I, I, you don't really like this guy. I even said it in our recap show. I, I said it because I had I got stuck watching him a lot this last year. And A, he, well, most of the veteran pitchers, hated the way Gabe Kapler ran that rotation because he never even knew what day you were pitching. Like, like if you played DraftKings like I did, it'd be like, okay, someone's going to open for Mania. 
but I didn't even pitch that day. He ended up pitching the next day. Like those guys hated it. They hated openers. They hated the uncertainty. That uncertainty kind of went out the window as the season went on just because of injuries, which is funny how that works. And you look at Mania's last, like just the second half alone, 343 ERA compared to 549. In August, he had a 315 ERA. And in 27 September, October innings, 267 ERA. So we saw some massive improvements from Mania in that regard. And his velo looked good as he ended the season, obviously, because he wasn't probably pitching as deep in the first half. But um, he had a better K percentage in the, in the first half. I'll say that much, which is kind of surprising. That's not the way I remembered it watching him pitch. But he just looked like the more complete pitcher. He was going deeper into games. He was giving Giants chances to win. Now he's going to go to the Mets with uh, kind of full board. He's not going to have an opener for him. I think at this point in the draft, it's kind of a, an intriguing upside play at, at that point with Sean Mania. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, quick quick chat comment from the knob, THP knob, uh, about Silseth, wide arsenal for Silseth. I can see some world with like average ratios in 140, 150 innings. Yeah, it's just all about that walk rate. Hopefully he doesn't take a page out of teammate uh, Patrick Sandoval's book. Ooh. 12% of it matters. Well, if you take Sandoval's better than Jose Suarez. Um, oh, too soon. Did you see Suarez uh, in arbitration? He got like almost a million bucks. Man, Man. We, should be getting, we should be getting paid at least a couple hundred thousand then at that pace. million bucks for what he did last year. Damn, must be good. Must be good to be. A, that's why if you're lefty, kids, I should have just kept pitching. You know, they'll, they'll take you. They're I am, we're both lefties. Yeah, see, there you go. We should have done it. Uh, instead, we, we try to play golf. Um, ADP 342 to 357. You got Trevor Rogers, Ranger Suarez, Logan Allen, Steven Matz, Andrew Heaney. Talk about lefties, the entire range right here, left-handed pitching. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't really like any of them, though. <laughs> kind of like maybe Matz, maybe Trevor yeah. Rogers. If Trevor Rogers is is healthy, I have not, I have not really heard a peep about uh, Trevor Rogers' health status. Um yeah. Somewhere within the corpse of Trevor Rogers is a good pitcher. We saw it two years ago. Uh, so there's at least that. And he's still young enough where he can uh, get back to that health permitting. So I guess Rogers, but um, this is where it this is where it really starts to fall apart, man. Uh, I do like the Matt's call. I was one guy that was starting to really figure it out before his injury last year. So yep. I think there's something there at this point in the draft. Again, we're talking ADP. We're all past 350 now. Like, literally, no one's going to be surprised if this fails at this point. These are your last picks in a fab league. So I do like the upside of Matt's. We've been talking some young pitchers. Logan Allen is a guy that's interesting. Just because he's on that Cleveland staff, he had whip issues last year. That was his biggest thing was the whip issues. But he also has strikeout ability. So if he can somehow find it out, he's interesting. Might be better for the fat, the waiver wire, but someone to keep an eye on. Logan Allen. One. We'll uh, say this much. Uh, what, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, if you have more on this range, then I'm gonna. I'm, I had something to segue. But I just had a random. No, go go segue. Go segue. Okay. Well, before we started the show, everybody, Ryan said there's one guy he really likes on this last page. We have ten names left, and I guessed one of these ten. I don't know if it's the right one. But I'm really intrigued to see who the one guy is that Ryan, like, unless we've already passed it, he didn't announce it to the world. Nope. But in this next range from 359 to 369, we have Clark Schmidt, Alec Manoa, Dane Dunning, Zach Lytle, and Tyler Wells. Who do you like here? D. None of the above. Oh, so it's in the final five. Oh, my. So none. So we're just going to move on from there. 
perfect um <laughs> i mean i i, I hate no, to like i mean just, no, like, i'm fine. not just gonna sit here and try and make up a reason to try and like these guys I, i'll say tyler wells i love what he did i just wish they keep him in the bullpen but then they went and signed crane kimbrell i'm kind of ruined that dream but tyler wells showed some outs like, he was actually pitching really well till he got tired they sent him down he came back and pitched in the bullpen pitched really well there so tyler wells is a dude that i got circled the, I, think he, I, think. I think he like led the majors in wit for a while last year yeah. he pitched beginning. really well, he he flat out burned out. Like like he passed the innings expectation, but the team was so good they needed him, so they sent him down just to chill, like throw a couple innings here and there, then brought him back in the bullpen where he was a high leverage reliever for them in the postseason. Like he was very good. So Tyler Wells would be a guy for me. A lot of these guys are matchup based too, and and that's actually that's what I was gonna uh, raise earlier. This just like entered my brain um, from a strategy standpoint. I'm sure there will be articles about this as we get closer to opening day. And it's probably still too early in draft season to think about this. But look at so season starts on Thursday. So a lot of these number four, number five guys may be in for two start weeks in that first yep. full week of the season. So you may want to look at the schedule for that first full week. Yep. And kind of see like maybe Steven Matz gets some kind of I, I don't know the schedule off the top of my head. I'm not there yet. I'm just saying that's something to think about with some of these later guys to draft them for that first two-step and no, go I, from there i do that every year like especially in the ocs because it's easy drops easy replacements yeah I, re- I remember having a lot of michael walker because he had two really good starts to start the year see ya buddy and it actually worked out it doesn't work out all the time I, but actually, it works out for I did that same year and he pitched well i held him and actually held him a lot longer than i thought i would and yeah. did pretty well so i don't know yeah. there's that they are options it's a good call on your part well, the final range here is JP. It's from 376 to 399. JP Sears, Jack Flaherty, Graham Ashcraft, Bryce Elder, Josiah Gray. In the chat, THP Knob and Gialdi both said Ashcraft. Is it Graham Ashcraft? When, when was the last time Gialdi and I agreed on a player? Is this the first? No, it's not. Uh, okay, I, was, I, was, I was really looking forward to you explaining to me why Graham Ashcraft was the next best. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh for me, it's uh, it's the captain, Captain Jack Flaherty. Wow, I'm a fan. Okay. I'm a fan this year. Um, again, at the price three nine. What what the hell is he? Three eighty one. Um, so I'll lay out the case for Jack Flaherty. Yes, like he has not been good for quite a while. The ratios last year not great at all. Jack Flaherty, however, in season last year, had one of the highest velocity upticks. As I try and make the case and the chats, we got good God and holy hell in the, in the chat. So that's uh, that's good. You guys are ready for the labor stream. Tuesday, you can tell. <laughs> to back in, 8 Eastern, everybody. When, when, I, when, not if, when I draft Jack Flaherty in labor, uh, this will all come back. Um, one of the bigger in-season velocity bumps of, of any pitcher had a had a second half velocity higher than his first half velocity. Walk rate went way down from 12% down to 7% first to second half. Strikeout rate went up. A lot more swinging strikes first to second half. If if that if that second half skill and 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 velocity hold, and it's not like unreasonable to think that Jack Flaherty has been good before. It's been a while been a while but he has been good before i think there's an avenue i think there's an avenue for jack flaherty to be to be uh acceptable and that's what you want this late 
I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because I was dropping and adding Jack Flurry a ton last year, like on the waiver wire, because I, I was seeing what you're talking about. Let's put it that way. It never came to fruition. Going to Detroit with no pressure on him. Yeah. Great place to be. Great place to be. I'm not going to say See, you're wrong. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. He's, I yeah. mean, he's got no pressure. Plenty of run in Detroit. Literally go figure Good it part. out. Yeah. Better so. team than usual in Detroit. Yep. AL Central. That division. Come yeah. on. Here we we'll go, see. man. We'll see. I'm, so I'm here to help. I'm here to help. This is not what you'll get on the labor feed, everybody, but this is what we do once in a while. So we'll see how that works. Uh, Eric Halterman does have a good question here. Any reason to care about Sears having the highest innings projected on this page? He threw 172 last year, and the A's have no reason to change that this year. So he should throw a ton of innings, and he was a very good streaming option throughout the season. Uh, most of those A's worked. Wallachuk, he won't be there this year, honestly, but that was a dude Ryan used a lot. Uh, there is a ton of that in, in this uh, in this range with uh, with the A's pitchers, I should say. Yep, and I think Sears. Yeah, I think if he's at home against a against a soft opponent, I think he's usable there. I just I think for like a full season, your 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 ratios would be okay. You get some K's. Uh, you're not going to get any wins in Oakland, um, Man, but the, yeah, he's certainly usable. The chat is just loving this Kennedy this uh, Flaherty discussion. It, it's, it's wild. What, what else we got in here? Um, Daniela says, uh, what's going to change now? And he's worse. He's in the Tigers. Honestly, being in Detroit is a bonus. That there you go. won't hit. It gets us fun. This is what I love building the puzzle here. Good stuff. So there you go. We got through about a hundred or so. Um, we'll do the listener questions. And oh, first off final thoughts on the starting pitching position, especially this back end that we just discussed. Um, I think some of my final thoughts are going to come from listener questions, so I'll I'll okay. hold it. Um, so no, not not really. I mean, we I I mentioned that uh, at the top, those those few kind of multiple round pockets. I don't like pitchers. Um, just just plan for that. Know where to take your bats. Do that for every position, really, or even yeah. if you want to do it by category. I think, and I, I mentioned this a little bit last week. Someone asked about like all the different metrics and stats out there for starting pitcher analysis, and I just think you're you're better served trusting a lot of the projections and maybe the stuff we even say, and 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 going at more of the macro level how you want to map out your team from a draft strategy standpoint. Um, and and yep. we'll go into that even more upcoming on these ADP Pocket episodes. For sure. All right, we'll do the uh, discussions in the chat first, and I'll get you guys Twitter listener questions as well. Uh, Daniel Daniela mentioned earlier predictions on Blake Snell. Obviously, we don't know where he's signing yet, but are we going to say he's going back to few innings, or do we think he continues the roller coaster of a great season? Continues the roller coaster. Um, I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago the last time Blake Snell won his Cy Young the following year. It was like a 430 ERA, something like that. Uh, I think you're you're coming back. Maybe not that bad for Snell. Um, but I also made the point from a fantasy standpoint, if you have strikeouts at a category as a category, most fantasy leagues do, or at least points or whatever. Snell's like big. Blake Snell can have okay ratios and still be really good, especially yep. if he signs on a good team. Just the, the strikeouts are so, so valuable. I think we often often overlook that. And you can, just from a team-build standpoint, you can pair Snell with some of these Logan Webbs, Logan, uh, who's the mayor? George Kirby, those types of kind of whip ratio guys that aren't high strikeouts. So you can piece, a, I think, a rotation together around uh, Blake Snell. Hundred percent. Any chance you can pull that first board up from tonight with Brian Wu and company? 
Oh man, look at this on the fly requests. Yep. Let's see. This is why this is why we're teammates. You don't, you don't right pay now. me enough for this, man. Yeah, sorry. High noons are on the way. Uh, Gialdi has a question here. Uh, yeah. Which of the guys on the screen is the most likely to be part of pitcher preview part one next year? So one, we'll say one through thirty, even though we went one through twenty, but one through thirty. Who do you, any of these guys make it there? Who has the best chance? Um, I would say you Darvish, but he'll be thirty-eight years old next year, <laughs> so I can't go there. Um, There's a few. Do you have somebody? Fought probably. Fought is one. I think Brian Wu and Bryce Miller are kind of easy ones, but I'd say fought. And uh, the more I like, we talked about it and I thought about it, uh, Nestor Cortez could make that run. Okay. I'll make the case for Taj Bradley. I know we didn't, we kind of skipped over him, but just think the combination of being on the Rays and, and what Bradley can do from a pure stuff standpoint, if he regains that fastball command, I could see that. Notice I did not say Christopher Sanchez. Yep. Because I don't, I don't think like the elite elite ceiling is there uh, just from a strikeout standpoint. So I yeah. will admit that. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, Daniela asked if we could give her feedback on a mock draft. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, I will help you there. A lot easier Absolutely. there. Yep, a lot same. easier there than on the show. Yep, so, yeah. let us know for sure. Yeah, a lot easier in that regard. A uh, few others here. I think we got actually most of them because I actually started just making fun of. Yeah, it's of mostly thoughts. just people making fun of Jack Flaherty and me, which so. is fair. Um, sh- or she asked, uh, Flaherty is quite a pick, Ryan. Should I draft him? I think I should stay in the San Diego or go to SF with Bob Melvin. Yes, Blake Snell should. That is a good call. All right. We got Twitter listener questions now. Um, you guys came through as usual, which is absolutely amazing. And we'll start with, uh, Drew Forte, our buddy who won the OC overall, just said John Gray, all ex- with an exclamation mark. So he's with you, Ryan, on John Gray. Hey, on to, that get, one. to get to get support from an overall winner, six-figure dollar prize. Uh, I'll take that. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Uh, First World Problem says, are you buying those projections on Nestor per inning? These look legit. Um I, I do. I said, I think, I think he could be better. I think there's, we saw enough to show like the injury impacted a lot, but the fact the strikeouts were still there, I was pretty optimistic on. Uh, agreed. And I think, I mean, I'll project, I think the one, whatever, 129 is a hedge between, this is the problem with projections. You look at a number, I think it's either going to be like 60 or 80, which is what he did last year, or it's going to be 160, which is what he yep. did the year before. And this is just an average of those two outcomes. So, um, you know, health at your own risk, but I agree with everything else uh, you said there. And then he also says, have the Giants said Harrison for sure will be in the rotation? They have pointed every finger to, unless something crazy happens, he will be in the rotation. They want him there to start the season. Uh, Taylor Johnson says, what pitchers going after pick 500? Oh, do you feel it could be valuable targets in draft and hold leagues? All right, let me pull up. Whew, I got to update my fab sheet here to 213. Your boy. Which one? Where's he at? Uh, Robert Gasser's at 468 over Where's the last. Actually, no, he might be. Boy. Let me. He might be later than 500. I'm going to 500 now. Here we go. All right, let's have some fun. Robert Gasser, one. even though he doesn't qualify. Uh, I will also go, Bubba, while you kind of look. Actually, Robert Gasser, the last few weeks ADP is 433 so I really really cheated there um one name who I'm going with at an ADP of 550 more of a second half play but you need to kind of stagger these guys because you know guys are going to get hurt throughout the season is Christian Scott 
of the Mets. Um, I think, you know, all, I, I trust the prospect evaluations on Scott, uh, which are all pretty glowing. And I do think given the fragility of the Mets rotation, that Scott will get a shot some at some point midway through the season. So I think Christian Scott is someone who could be effective in the second half for you. Yeah, the guy I wanted to pick has moved up to 441, so that sucks. I'm not going to go there then. Um, it's man. tough down here, man. Yeah, I'm looking at the like, – I usually take all, like, relievers at this point. I don't take a ton of pitcher, like, starting pitchers unless you're taking darts like Brian is saying. Um, uh, 490 ADP, I would I – would, from a reliever standpoint, try Chris Martin. I actually took him in a fab league that I drafted on uh, Saturday night, the the Worf League, the Western Expanse Roto Fantasy League. Took him, I think, on like the 29th round. If Kenley Jansen gets traded, Chris Martin might be the guy in Boston. If not, you cut and move on. Um, so. I, think, I, th- I think the my boy comment was probably Luis Medina. but uh, No, I was, I was Gasser. Uh, but yeah. The guy I'm going to mention, he's got an ADP of 441, so I'm kind of cheating. But for the A's is Joe Boyle. This one, uh, my eyes got opened to him when I talked to Jake Crumpler previewing the A's uh, between double A because he got traded over from Cincinnati this last year. From double A and triple A, he threw it's 90, 101, about 100, almost 40 innings last year. Dude throws gas, tons of strikeouts, like uh, big boy stuff. And he's scheduled to be in the rotation for the A's. So that's kind of a fun one if you want to take a, a dart throw on that one. Uh, um, let me just add Michael Grove, just from a skills flyer standpoint, 601 ADP. And then, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. totally yeah. lost where I was. Yeah. The other name was a good name, dude. Oh, your boy Robbie Ray, second half. Why yeah, not? I don't even count. I, th- dude. I wouldn't Draft be surprised if we don't, we don't see him until August or September, probably. Like, That's I wouldn't. fine. If you get two months of Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, him or Lance McCullers? Uh, probably McCullers. Yeah, McCullers is, is going past 500, so there you go. Um, Tuvia says, would love to hear your thoughts on two guys, Casey Mize and Eric Fede. Would you take a late-round flyer on either? Thanks, guys. Love the pod. Uh, real quick, I'm really out on Casey Mize until I can see something productive from him fede is interesting i just will the translation from korea be immediate we don't see it all the time we we have we have seen it but that's a big question pitching for the white Sox might help but if you want to take a flyer on fede i won't tell you you're wrong but i'm just probably out on both what about you i think i'd go i think i'd go eric fede as well um yeah i mean we saw we saw the merrill kelly and the miles michaelis post uh japan turnaround so Maybe there's something there. I know these guys are super deep, so um, I take take a shot there. He did. I don't know exactly what the changes were, but there were some like arsenal changes. I believe he added a new pitch. Think I think it was something like that. I don't want to get it wrong, but there was definitely something. <laughs> yep, yep. strikeouts uh, went through the roof compared to what we were used to in the in the states. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So take that as take that with a grain of salt, but yeah. All right, Michael Cicchini says. It feels like Darvish is a worthy bounce back question mark. I think so personally, but it's risky, but I think so. Who is it? You Darvish. Do you think he's worthy? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's huge bounce back potential. Yeah. It's just, you got to weigh the floor. And then a uh, favorite recently injured guy. You take a shot on the Dolo Montas paddock or mats. I mean, you know, you know your answer. Um, 
What's your answer? Well, you're not still, sold. I did not sell you on Lodolo. I the, or though, I would take Lodolo. Like he's got yeah, the but ceiling he's, over them. Yeah, he's going earlier than all those other guys. Yeah, so for me, it'd probably be Steven Matz if I do the last three. It'd be Steven yeah. Matz. I think I'd agree with that. Colin, my shot says when taking shots on reserve starting pitchers in a 15 team or what type of profile you're looking for. Yeah. Good kind of question. mentioned it with like Charlie Morton and Jamison Tyon, just like great floor guys that uh, you I shouldn't kill you, but uh, just because replacement value is so difficult. Yeah. And actually like, and I'll, I'll mention this in labor, I'm sure, but especially in like 15 team leagues, I am drafting. And I said this last year, I am drafting more starting I, like I'm drafting bench starting pitchers before I have even filled out my hitter roster because I know just the way I play in fab leagues, I'm going to be streaming probably my churning those last two or three hitters, maybe not every week, uh, but a lot of weeks. And I'd rather, I think Curland has said this, right? Stream from your bench for starting yep. pitchers. 100%. Um, I think you need to stockpile a mix of like ceiling and, and maybe volume guys, but you need to have more pitching than you think. You, you just, the last few years trying to treat stream starting pitching has just been terrible. So um, again, I, I like to get probably 11 pitchers on my, my team before I have even filled out my hitters, because I know I'm going to turn those last few hitter spots and I know I want to stream for my bench for pitchers. So just general yeah. stuff there. For sure, like a, a good streaming pitcher in a 15 we didn't talk about today is uh, Kyle Gibson. He's annoying as hell, but he's one of those guys that you just stream. I'd say, he was one of the names Curl and I talked about when Curl started coming out with that term. So that's the kind of profile. Annoying, yet uh, like G. Lito wouldn't shock me if he's a streamable pitcher like once in a while off the bench. It's annoying, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Gerald Points says, uh, odds of Lodolo and Pascantino earning double-digit money this year. Um, I think I feel very confident Vinny will actually yes, agreed. Lodolo <laughs> double digits tough because you need wins, you need them to go, you need they the can, volume too to plant, get double digits. Plant your flag, big man. Plant your flag. Plant my flag. Double digits dollars from a two fifty pick. I mean that's that's no that's doubt for Sanchez, but that's asking uh, a lot. Lodolo needs like you need like 130, 140 innings with some wins uh there. So Vinny, I'm 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 pretty confident. All right. Andy Splinter asks, better bang for your buck. Yamamoto at ADP fifty or Shoto Monaga at ADP two hundred. Shoto looked great in the WBC and had a better K to walk last year in the MPB. I'll take Shota 150 picks later. Agreed. Just the opportunity cost of like the other pitchers going around Yamamoto. I really like, and so I'd take one of those other pitchers um, and then just take a shot at 280p, show to Imanaga. Yep, with you on that one. And one last question in the chat so we can smash all this. GLDS, are either of you doing the Champions League? No, no, I'm not. Uh, Not this year for me. Nope. I don't play in mains, so not really going to work out for me. But thanks for asking. Um, final thoughts, Ryan, as we wrap up the starting pitching position, relief pitchers on Thursday. Oh man, I got to start do, do my post post show tradition of, uh, bolding names on my sheet that we've talked about just now before I forget it all. So, uh, no, I thought we covered it pretty, like a good mix of, I hope, um, of going somewhat deep into guys, but also keeping it kind of macro level and seeing general pockets where we like. So, um, yeah, relievers on Thursday. 
Whew. Yep. See if we can have a second straight year of like all these guys keeping their jobs. It'll be so much fun. We speculated in recent years about who's next. Didn't need it as much last year. So I can't wait to be wrong this year. It'll be awesome. But uh, we'll be back with you guys on that one. Again, thank you all for the questions. Thanks for hanging out in the chat tonight. It was a fun one talking SPs with you. And uh, until next time, you can find Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Intrick, and this is Bubba and the Bloom, episode 107. Catch you all next time.